Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu We are once again inshallah continuing uh, discussing the lives of the 10 companions that were promised paradise by the Messenger of Allah during their lifetime and we've discussed Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali inshallah tonight we're going to discuss the, the life of Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas one of the great companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sa'ad, we all know him as uh, the Khal, as the uncle of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And even though he, he has carried this name, but technically he's not exactly a Khal of the Messenger of Allah. So he's not the brother uh, of his mother. That when If he was the brother of Prophet's mother, then he would be a Khal. But what he was, was in fact, was that uh, the Prophet's mother, Amina bint Wahab, she was the tr- from the tribe of Bani Zuhra. And so Sa'ad radiallahu anhu was related to the mother of the Messenger of Allah And he was from the same tribe, Bani Zuhra. And that's why he was, Prophet considered him like a khal, even though he wasn't technically uh, the brother of his mother. But he was related to the Prophet's mother. He was from the same tribe. And so the Prophet Wasallam called him khali. He used to call him uh, his uncle sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that is uh, this, uh, Sa'ad's lineage radiallahu anhu now in terms of just to get an idea to, to really you know uh, uh, get close to these companions give a bit of a uh, you know talk about his physical appearance he radiallahu anhu he was known as short but he was stout and strong he had a brown complexion and he was known for his thick curly hair radiallahu anhu and he was known to have very sharp vision and this will be important as we'll see later on. Now Sa'ad radiallahu was one of the early converts to Islam. And he was one of the ones that became Muslim on the hands of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And the scholars have said, the historians, that Sa'ad was the seventh person uh, to accept Islam. So he was a Muslim really early on. Now, just like the other companions, when, when they first became Muslim, it was a very hostile environment and there was nothing there was nothing there to support them or to help them along their way. We know many of them were tested severely. And Saad has a very famous incident radiallahu anhu when he was tested. When he became Muslim, you can imagine he was maybe 16, 17 years of age. And he radiallahu anhu, he said that he had a very close relationship with his mother. And so when he became Muslim, his mother was really, really upset really upset in fact she was so upset that she turned on Saad and Saad he himself he, he narrates he said I used to be dutiful to my mother but when I accepted Islam she said oh Saad what is this religion you have turned to you must leave this religion I will not eat or drink until I die so you can imagine now the position that Saad is in he has this connection with his mother He's still one of the early converts of Islam. The rest of society is the all kuffar, the all mushrikun. And now this bond that is so cherished and loved to him, suddenly this bond is about to be broken. And his mother threatens him basically that I'm going to kill myself. If you don't become Muslim, I'm going to kill myself. So this is the position that he found himself in. So Sa'ad, he said, I said to her, do not do this mother. He said, I will not leave my religion for anything. And so Saad's mother thinking that he's bluffing. 
And so she started going through on her threat. She started starving herself and she stopped drinking. So Sa'ad says she went a day without eating or drinking. And he said by the morning she had become weak. You can imagine in, in, in that hot climate, maybe food you can go a week or two without, uh, without eating, but drinking in that hot climate, just a day and you become severely exhausted and dehydrated. So now she's going through with her threat. And Saad is witness this, witnessing this in front of his eyes. My brother is about to kill herself because I've become a Muslim. Now imagine his response and his famous words. So he says, when I saw this, I said to her, O oh mother, ya ummah, do what you will. If you're going to commit suicide, if you're going to starve yourself to death, dehydrate yourself, then do it. He said, I swear by Allah, if you had 100 souls and they were to leave you one by one, I would not leave my religion. So if eat, if, if you like eat, and if you won't, then don't. And so when Sa'ad's Sa'ad mother saw this resolve, and that no matter what happens, she saw the strength in Sa'ad, and she saw how serious he was, that nothing's going to affect him, nothing's going to change him, even if she kills herself. And imagine the words of Sa'ad, what he said. He said, even if you had 100 souls, even he's saying, I'm, I will witness my mother die a hundred times over, but I will not leave my deen. Imagine the severity of that test that, that Saad had to face very early on when Islam, he was still very new to Islam. And so when his mother saw this resolve in him, radiallahu anhu, then she gave up. She went back to eating and drinking and she knew no matter what he did, and it was going, wasn't going to change him, radiallahu anhu. And this is the sweetness of Iman. And it, it's a lesson for us uh, today, uh, especially... Uh, a lot of uh, brothers and sisters who are converts uh, to Islam and the backlash that they receive from the society, from, from work, from if they're at uni, from, from their parents, from their relatives is immense. So Saad is, is a person to use inspiration from. When you face any kind of black backlash because of your deen, make sure your resolve is strong. If, if there is something that angers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are asked to do something that angers Allah or give up something that Allah wants from you, then be like Saad with his mother. Oh mother, even if you had a hundred souls and you were to go one by one, I will not leave my deen. Radiallahu anhu. And this was the early test that Saad had to face on becoming a Muslim. Radiallahu anhu. Now Saad he had many special qualities and I shall inshallah mention a few incidents of his life uh, that made him stand out amongst the companions radiallahu anhum. Saad was known as to, to, to be the first man to shed blood for Islam. Right? And, and this happened very early on in the Meccan period. We, we said the Muslims, there were very few in number. They were weak. Uh, Quraysh was persecuting and oppressing the Muslims. So it was very hard for them to practice their din. They couldn't practice it openly. So what they used to do was that they would go into the outskirts of Mecca and the valleys of Mecca. They would leave the crowds behind and they would find some place sheltered in secret and they would pray there and worship Allah. So during the, one of these incidents when the Muslims were praying, some uh, troublemakers from Quraysh came and they, they were harming and ridiculing, ridiculing the Muslims so Saad, he was present and he said, I grabbed a, a camel bone, the bone of the, the camel's head, and I struck one of the mushrikeen with it and, and they fled when they saw this. 
And so he said, I was the first man to shed blood for Islam, radiallahu anhu. And this happened in that Makkan period. Saad is the first one to, 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 to strike or to, to hit anyone for the sake of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was known as, as the first in this incident, radiallahu anhu. Saad also said, I was the first man to shoot an arrow in defense of Islam, radiallahu anhu. So we can see this is a common theme of Saad. There was many unique things with him and there, was, there were many uh, firsts with him. Now Saad, he was known amongst the companions. One of those companions, he was very brave on the battlefield. And he was um, militarily uh, very intelligent. And we'll look at an instance um, during the Battle of Uhud, when the Muslims were severely tested. And we know during the Battle of Uhud, uh, when the Messenger of Allah, he gave the, the archers, he put them on the mountain of Uhud, and he said to them, do not leave your post. No matter what happens, you are protecting the rear of the army. So the archers, when they saw the battle unfolding and the Muslims were winning and the, they were collecting the spoils of war, they left their posts. And this is when Khalid Walid led a counter-attack. And he attacked the rear of the Muslims. And the Muslims were so surprised that their, their, their ranks were scattered. They were confused. And the Messenger of Allah became isolated from the rest of the army. And there was only a few companions left with the Messenger of Allah And Quraysh came down on his position. And one of those men that remained with him was Sa'ad radiallahu anhu. And Sa'ad, he says that on, on that day, during this incident when Mr. Rasulullah was surrounded and one of the mushrikeen, he was going raging through the battlefield and he was striking everyone in his way. The Messenger of Allah said to me, strike him, ya Sa'ad. He said, irmi, ya Sa'ad. He said, throw your arrows, ya Sa'ad. Fadaka abi wa ummi, my mother and father be sacrificed for you. So Mr. Allah said to the companions that were remained there, he said, go and sit to them, collect all the arrows and give them to Saad. So Saad, he was known uh, for his accuracy in, in arrow throwing, radiallahu anhu. And Saad also, this statement of the Messenger Allah when he said, Fidaka abi wa ummi, my, my mother and father be sacrificed for you. Ali radiallahu anhu, he said, Saad is one of the only ones where the Messenger of Allah made this statement to other companions. He's mentioned only his mother or only his father. But for Saad, he was the only companion where it was combined together. He said, may my mother and father be sacrificed for you. Irmi, throw against him, O Saad. So he radiallahu anhu was known for this unique quality and this unique statement from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu that the Messenger of Allah asked for both his parents in one in one statement to be sacrificed for Saad radiallahu anhu due to his stance on the day of Uhud and his bravery and being left with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi And Saad, the reason why the Messenger of Allah was asking the companions to collect the arrows for Saad was he was known for his extreme accuracy. And one of the reasons why he was so accurate is that the Messenger of Allah he made a dua for him. Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Allah, guide his arrow and answer his supplication. So Sa'ad said, After that, I never missed ever again in any battle. Whenever I threw an arrow, I had never missed a target after the Messiah made this dua for me. So again, he was unique in this, in that his, uh, he was so accurate with his arrow throwing and he never used to miss the target because of the dua of the Messiah. And the second part of the dua, Allah, Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Allah, answer his supplication. 
So Dua was uh, Saad was one of those few companions that, that were known as Mustajabu Dua. That his his Dua is his supplication is answered. And when we say answer, I mean in this world you will directly see the results. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala almost instantly answer the Dua of Saad. And Saad was one of the few companions that had this quality. And because of this, all the other companions that were so worried. That if any of them got into a quarrel or upset Saad, they were also worried that if 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 Saad gets upset and he makes a dua, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would answer his dua instantly. Even Umar, it was narrated about him that he would get scared when Saad made the dua. So he was known with this unique quality, radiyallahu anhu, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala accepted his dua. And there was a famous incident uh, during the Khilafah uh, of Umar to highlight this point. Well, Umar when became Khalifa, he chose Saad as the governor of Kufa in Iraq. And of course, you know, Saad is one of the, the, the ten promised paradise. He's one of the senior companions. So who better than Saad to be given this post to become the governor of one of the most important places in the Muslim lands, which is Kufa. And Kufa, subhanAllah, you know, in during that time and the next hundred years after that time, was a very troublesome area. It, a lot of strife was caused from the area of Kufa and the people there. And with Saad, it was no different. As soon as Saad became the governor, they started making complaints against Saad. They even accused him of, of silly things that he doesn't know how to pray properly. And so Umar he sent someone there, one of the companions, to investigate. Are these claims really true? Because he put Saad. Saad is one of the senior companions, the uncle of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You know, one of the most trustworthy. Is it possible that you know these claims against him are true? So he sent someone to investigate, and this companion would go from masjid to masjid and ask the people of Kufa, "How is Saad? What's he like?" And everybody was praising Saad. When he reached one masjid, one man stood up, and he said about Saad that he's not. He said Saad is not just in his ruling. He doesn't rule amongst us with justice. And so when Sa'ad saw this statement of this man, he got up and he started instantly making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, Oh Allah, if he is lying, then take his sight, lengthen his life, and give him trial, after trial. So the narrator, he said, Later on in life, I saw this man, and I asked him, What happened to you? And he said, I've been afflicted with the dua of Sa'ad. He said, I'm old, and I have been tried severely. And his sight was gone. So when Sa'ad made dua, oh Allah, make his life long, not in a good way, but make his life long and test him severely so he doesn't get any rest, but he lives his whole life in hardship. And this is, and this was narrated in Al-Bukhari. And so this is one of the instances where we see, uh, the, 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 uh, the dua of Sa'ad was accepted in the world. As soon as Sa'ad made dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would instantly answer his dua and everybody would witness the dua of Sa'ad being answered. And this is one of those instances where they saw the results of dua uh, of Sa'ad making uh, dua against someone. And that's why the companions were always very worried uh, about uh, Sa'ad uh, making any dua against him. Now, Sa'ad radiallahu he was all the major battles of Badr and Uhud and Khandaq, he was with the Messenger Sallallahu during his lifetime. He was he witnessed everything there was to witness with the Messenger Allah Sallallahu 
But after the death of the Messenger of Allah He was known uh, for a really famous battle And that battle really changed the whole history of Islam And the whole history of the world And that was the battle of Al-Qadisiyah This is one of the you know, the most famous incidents in the life of Sa'd radiallahu anhu um, Before this battle, Umar he got news of Rustum coming with an army And so he was worried, who am I going to make the general? Of this army to meet the Persians Because the Persians at that time They were one of the main superpowers in the world And this battle is critical If we win this battle Then the rest of Persia will open to us If we lose this battle Then Islam will be at great risk So he, he made sure a consultation With the rest of the companions Until finally they agreed upon Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas Khal, the uncle of the messenger Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so he sent Sa'd as the leader of the army of about 20,000 soldiers or so And they were to meet Rustum, the leader, of the general of the Persians And the Persians had amassed an army of over 120,000 So now you can imagine the, the, the significance of this battle And the difference in numbers And the companions now are not fighting Arabs They're not fighting Quraysh But they're fighting the superpower An army better equipped in greater number with more resources better e- equipment in every way that you can imagine this army is superior to the army of the companions radiallahu anhum so Sa'd met Rustum in this battle called Al-Qadisiyah and the battle raged for about three days and three nights and the battle was so severe that throughout the whole battle nobody knew exactly who the outcome is going to be for who's going to be granted the victory and there was something in that battle that was really harming the Muslims. The Persians had elephants. And the elephants would charge into the lines of the Muslims. And the Persians also had armor on the elephants. So it was hard to really wound them or kill them. So Sa'ad came up with the idea of shooting arrows in the eyes of the elephants. And when they shot the arrows in the eyes, it would, this would send the elephants mad. And they would end up trampling their own army, trampling the, the, the army of the Persians. So this was one of the, the ploys Sa'ad came up with uh, Against the Persians in that battle to, to deal with the elephants of the Persians Who were causing so much trouble and so much destruction In the army of the Muslims So after a lengthy battle, a severe battle uh, The companions of Sa'ad won the battle they, Rustum was killed And they started now entering into the Persian lands and there were some other small skirmishes along the way. But in the end, Sa'ad reached Al-Mada'in, the capital of Persia. And Al-Mada'in was a city that when the Muslims conquered it, at that time it was known as one of the wonders of the world. There was no other city in the world like the city of Al-Mada'in. And when the companions, when, when Sa'ad walked in and he had with him uh, Salman al-Fursi, Salman the Persian companion that had come to the Messiah and he became Muslim and they entered into Al-Mada'in and their eyes, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. The palaces, the riches, the, the buildings, and the things were built that they, in their lives, they could never imagine coming from the desert that, you know, palaces, buildings can exist like this. And when they were entered into the main palace uh, of Al-Mada'in, the, the capital of the Persians, they saw such wealth that the, was just was not believable. How they had amassed so much wealth, so much riches that they have never witnessed before. And all that wealth was taken from Al-Mada'in, the capital of the Persians, 
and he was sent to Umar in, in Al Madina. And the amount of riches that came into Al Madina changed the whole economic policy of Umar. Before the Muslims were barely surviving, they were always starving. When they opened up the land of the Persians and they had the, all the resources and the riches in the capital Al Madain, this changed the, the, the entire economic policy for the Muslims. And the dis- distribution of wealth that went out to the Muslims, the Umar sought not only to fulfill the needs of every single person, but even to fulfill the luxuries of every single person. Such was uh, the immense wealth that they had captured from the Persians, and this was all on the hands of Saad radiallahu leading the Muslims in the Battle of, of Al Qadisiyah. And that battle, after that battle, the Persian Empire, there were it was really. The, uh, they, had, they had broken their rule That was their last major stand After that The Muslims picked off their armies one by one And all the lands of the Persians were conquered And they dealt a severe blow To one of the superpowers of that time And Islam flourished after that In the openings uh, For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But that was one of the major achievements And the major The, the great moments in the life Of Sa'ad radiallahu anhu Coming uh, to the end of his life, Radiallahu Saad, he lived to about 80 years old. He led a, an immense, uh, a really um, long life, Radiallahu, compared to the other companions. Um, and he even survived the whole fitna that occurred between Ali and uh, Muawiyah. And interestingly enough, uh, Saad, even though he was alive and he witnessed everything that was happening, and he saw the stance of Ali and what happened with uh, Talha. Uh, and as Zubair and, and then the battles later on with Muawiyah he, he himself he, he remained neutral and he refused to participate in any of the battles for either side for fear of harming or killing a Muslim he was so scared that his whole life he had raised the sword against the enemies of Islam how could he now raise the sword against any other Muslim any other person that says La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah so he remained neutral He didn't participate in the whole fitna That occurred between Ali and Muawiyah And he lived much later Than that fitna And it is said that he was from One of the very last of the muhajirin To die And he was the last of the ten To die that were promised paradise By the messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So this is Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas uh, The uncle of the messenger Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, one of uh, the bravest uh, companions A man who first Was the first one to shed blood For the sake of Islam Was the first one to shoot an arrow For the sake of Islam Was so sincere and of immense taqwa That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Accepted his dua In his lifetime Instantly whenever he made dua To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that was Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas Radiallahu anhu Wazakumullahu khair, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.